Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 22 of NBA Holes, and tonight we have a special treat. It's not just two of us, there's three of us tonight. I am your one of your hosts, Joe Connors. I have one of my parts, sorry, lost my words there, is Mr. Dave Hendrick, who is calling us from his homeland, so it's very late for him. How you doing, Dave? I'm good, mate. I'm good. And my other counterpart in this, Mr. Justin Wells, calling all the way from New York. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. I'm, I'm glad to be, you know, involved in this uh, NBA holes three-man weave drill. Uh, hopefully, I hit the layup at the end of it. Yes. If you don't, you have to run sprints. That was what we were always had to do. So we made sure to dunk, and that's, you know, we don't we don't miss dunks. I can't All right. Dunk. So uh, I'm five seven. I can't dunk. Yeah, yeah. You're not dunking, Dave. What about you? Can you dunk, or have you ever dunked in your life? No, I'm a rugby player. We don't dunk. Ah, uh, you don't. Yeah, you, you don't. put the ball under under your arm, and you just find someone to run into. Ah, see, I don't know shit about rugby. Although I was watching a rugby match recently. Just imagine if American American football was a sport for real men. That's oh, rugby. Okay. Yeah, that's what you, you, you like that one. Yeah, I hear this a lot from the I hear this a lot from the the Brits and the well, not really the Brits because I don't even know if they have a rugby team. I don't. Yeah, do they, they, they English, do they? Are they any yeah. good? Yeah, they're all right. Because I know I have a lot of Irish fellows on my uh, timeline speak a lot of it, and I, it's like somebody speaking a different language. And somebody was like, oh, that was a really good bounce on that. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But yeah, I guess he meant when the guy kicked it, it was a great bounce and it went into his hands. It flies and, under, uh, Joe, it flies under the radar a little bit just because there isn't quite as much money in the professional league as there is yeah. in, in the professional football leagues. That, yeah. yeah, that pretty that much. Yeah, it's only yeah, been professional for just over 20 years. So it's really? still in its, it's still in its infancy. Yeah. I'll say this from what I watched. I like contact, so I, I was interested in it, but it's really difficult when you don't know the rules. It's like somebody watching ice hockey for the first time. You have no idea what's going yeah. on. You it's, just kind of follow the puck. It's also one of those sports where if it's played well, it's one of the best sports in the world to watch, but a bad game of rugby is about as bad as you can watch, like a, about as bad a sporting event as you'll ever see. Mm. Like it, it can be just awful. 
So I have to watch. You're going to have to let me know what teams are good because I only know about the All Blacks because people talk about them. But I, yeah, you, you can't go wrong watching them. Yeah, people tell me about the All Blacks, and there, I, there's some I, some acquaintances of mine who are like they're big rugby fans, and I don't really know how many how much big of rugby fan. I think they just like wearing the apparel to look cool. Um, so I, I don't know. But let's jump into this. Be, right before this, I sent you guys. Um, an article on Markel Fultz. And don't worry, people. We're going to talk everything trade deadline. We're going to talk the New York Knicks. We're going to talk the Timberwolves. We're going, to, we're going to do our fair share of talking. But I'm a resident Sixers fan. These guys know that. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows that. And I can't figure out what actually happened with Markel Fultz. And the time he played summer ball, where he was perfectly fine and played great, to the time he started the season where he played four games and then I don't know what happened. Now, I sent these guys an article from a really good sport. Philadelphia has a lot of good journalists, and they're young, and they really do a really good job, and especially the basketball team. This article I sent them is from Kyle Newbeck, which actually dives into a lot of different, not theories, but things that could have happened. So I'll, I'll ask uh, Justin, you can start with this. You read that. What the hell is going on with him? Is it – you know what? I won't even say anything. Just go ahead. So um, I, I think – it's a combination of the Sixers medical staff being probably relatively inept. And we've seen that over the years. Um, they've actually drawn the, what something that's mentioned in the, in the uh, article is that they've drawn the ire of the league before or other teams in the league from their medical staff. Same remembers the Drew Holiday trade. They traded Drew Holiday to, uh, to New Orleans under, and New Orleans basically didn't look until after the trade to realize that his, knees looked like you know uh, an eaten packet of polio string cheese like it was just they were terrible um but the sixers the sixers uh, medical staff has come under a lot of pressure it's a possibility of the thing of them not knowing that his shoulder is probably a mess and also i think it's partly on faults and like I, I should preface this by saying i was i've never been a big markel faults fan i thought that all the hype around him as the number one pick was way 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 over overstated because uh you know for me if you're gonna be the number one pick in the nba draft in college your team has to win more than seven games in college because your talent level should carry a team in college to more than seven wins and you definitely shouldn't be losing to yale like that's really where i draw the line but like that's just aside on the fact that i think it might be in his head to justify the draft position and he's just trying to mess around with the fact that he needs to shoot and play through this pain and the Sixers don't know how to manage the pain. And then they've let so many other people in. And there are so many cooks in the kitchen that they might have just broken the player. So do that's a, that's a good theory. But do, do we think he was actually ever hurt? Because you saw the contradicting stories of the Sixers um, and the agent, which neither of those procedures make any sense. No. And you saw numerous videos because – this is what the Philadelphia media was doing. And the weirdest part about it is if you're having issues with the guy in the past, because as Justin said, we have a history of horrendous decisions by the medical staff. Joel Embiid's foot injury for two years. Uh, ben Simmons broke his. And what they did his foot last year and what they did with those guys is they basically hid them away. Yeah. But why do you see Markel Fultz in every video and every practice you see him shooting layups with his right hand, jump shot after jump shot. Even when they said he had this procedure, there is video of him shooting jump shots. So, Dave, I've 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 seen I've people call I've heard the yips in baseball, but that comes at a a much later time. 
not at a 19-year-old kid in the span of less than two months. Tell me what could possibly happen to this kid. I, I don't know, Joe. I, I do kind of think maybe the conspiracy theorists who say that the Sixers are, are, are holding him out on purpose, that he's actually fine. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe they didn't want to try and integrate him and Simmons into the team at the same time and they'd rather stagger it. Um, he, there, there is something wrong with his shot. There's something fundamentally wrong. If you watch his shot really closely, there's like a hesitancy and he's not mm-hmm. shooting the ball. He's pushing the ball out of his hand. He brings it up and he kind of, it's just this momentary pause and then he pushes it almost like, I think the guy that wrote the article compared it to a shot putter. Yep. He's pushing the ball from his hand and I didn't really buy the hype of his incredible shooting in college because the three-point line is different in college. You know, the game clock is different in college. He's not facing the same kind of defensive schemes and pressure and talent as he is in the NBA. So I don't know that his shot was perfect coming out of Washington, but there's definitely something wrong with it. Now, I, I disagree with Justin. I think he was the clear number one pick in that draft. And I still believe he's the most talented player. I've said to you, I don't think he's a point guard in the NBA, certainly not for the Sixers. I think his role is as a two guard who guards point guards. An off the ball player, secondary ball handler. And I mean, looking forward now, he's not going to be ready to step into that position next year, I don't think. So maybe you look at making him a sixth man who's leads your bench unit and is like a primary scorer when he's on the floor. Um, similar to what the Spurs have done with Manu for years. Mm-hmm. And on that topic, the Sixers need to do everything they can to go out and get Avery Bradley as a free agent this summer, because he is the perfect fit there. He's exactly what they need. Um, but that's an aside. Um, I, it's hard to know. Look, Colangelo is a fool. I and I him. think, Maybe he thinks this is some kind of clever ploy, you know, to stagger because Fultz comes into the league of what? Just he was look just gone nineteen, wasn't he? Yeah, he's he only he's only yeah. a child. He's very young even to be coming into the NBA um as a one and done. So maybe the idea was we'll keep him out, we'll develop him. And then because it's Philly, and Philly's a big city that's a small city because it's really a fishbowl and people get like you mentioned, the media presence in Philly is huge. It There's is. tons and tons of writers. And they all are scrambling for a story and something to write about. And the number one pick in the NBA draft, not playing, is a big story. So rather than just come out and be honest and say, look, we're developing him for another year, because then you get the backlash of, oh, look, he should have stayed in college. We need to do away with the one and done thing and all this kind of stuff. Maybe Colangelo thought he was being clever in holding him out, and then they had to make up some sort of story along the way to, to you know, to factor as to why, like, oh, there's, he, he changed his shot. Well, why did he change his shot? Oh, well, he's, he's got a sore shoulder. Well, does he have a sore shoulder because he changed his shot, or did he change his shot because he had a sore shoulder? Oh, we don't know. Well, when you hear the words, we don't know, mm-hmm. from a franchise who've invested not one, but two lottery picks in this kid, that is alarm bells straight away. I mean, that's fire the GM kind of territory, in my view. It's also, no, if, I, it's also if you look also just, I mean, the thing that's going to haunt him about this is if, if Fultz doesn't work out, you're always going to have to be tortured by looking at Boston and seeing Jason Tatum be good. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, and, and he, he is a good player. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Lonzo's been good, and there's, I mean, there's Jackson, been a lot of... Jackson's a good player in that draft, and yeah, no matter yeah. what the way you look at it, it it's <clears throat> you know, you guys are right. You could look at any one of those rookies who are producing, and yeah, it, it's going to hurt. Now, I still have 100% belief in him, and obviously that's because I'm a Sixers fan. If I was not a Sixers fan, I'd be, you know, scared shitless about how this is going to play out. Oh, you'd but, be laughing. Oh, I, I, yeah, and I, I don't blame anybody you know, who is it, because I, like, I would do the same thing. As things stand, he, he is looking like the worst number one pick ever. Now, I, I fully believe that he comes into the rotation next year, coming off the bench, learns from some really good veterans there in Philly, including, well, mostly J.J. Reddick, who, according to the article, has been working with him. Yeah, he's been a very good mentor. Has the locker next to him. Now, I know Reddick is a free agent this year, but I think he'll stay in Philly. And like, if Philly are smart, they'll, they'll do a two year, 25 million deal or something with Reddick or two years for 20, whatever it is, and get him back in for his play. Like, he hasn't been as good as I would have expected this year. I thought he would have been getting a bigger role in the offense. We'd see more from him. Mm-hmm. But I just think when you, when you hear JJ Reddick speak, he, he understands basketball on a very, very high level. I think yeah. he's certainly going to coach in this league. Um, and I think his presence could be worth paying more than he's worth just to have him around as a kind of a, a guide for the likes of Simmons who needs to work on his shot, mm-hmm. for Fultz who, who's got work to do, obviously, um, for Kirkmas when he comes back in and, and he's, he's got real potential as a three point shooter for Luau who again has potential. They've got a bunch of young, guard type wings who have real potential and working with JJ Reddick day in day out for the next two years and they also didn't they sign James Young recently as well yep uh, uh, they did sign James Young and then Bellinelli came on and board. Bellinelli so I mean there you yeah, go you keep Bellinelli around you keep Reddick around um with the four young guys and you could even include Covington because he's got some work to do as well like I, I know his he does no his he brain. does no, he definitely does he's got room for growth like those kind of guys can have a huge impact on young players, and look, Philly are a good team. I mean, they're sitting in a playoff position. I know it's pretty precarious at the moment, but mm-hmm. right now they're a playoff team, and this is still a, such a young core. And if you look up and down the roster, it's a really, I think it's a really strong roster with an eye on two years from now. Yeah, that position, that's I what think, it is. an Avery Bradley type who can play the two but guard the point guards because point guards are having too much fun against Philadelphia right now in terms of their scoring. Whereas Bradley comes in and nobody has any fun ever again. I don't think you can throw Fultz into that role and say, look, we need you as a scorer on offense and we're going to need you to do this as well. If you make him the sixth man, you can just say, right, when you're on the floor, the offense runs through you. Just go and have fun. Look with, with Simmons, with, with especially Embiid, with Saric, who's really, really good, he and with these young players, there's enough talent there to be a playoff team again next year and the following year. While he develops his game in ten minutes a night, fifteen minutes a night, twenty minutes a night, building it up in increments, there's enough talent there to allow him through that. You've got a really good developmental coach, really, really good developmental coach there, and Brett Brown. Um, but it is concerning to hear the franchise say, we don't know. That for yeah, me is what I take from that, Joe. We don't know. Why don't you know? If you're lying, that's even worse 
just either come out and say, this is our plan with him. We have a plan with him. He has a four-year contract, plus then we'll extend him. So he's here for the next eight, nine years. This is our long-term plan with this kid. Don't come out and say we don't know, regardless of whether you do or don't. Don't say we don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's a dumb thing on his part. It's, it's really stupid. And if you ask me, I think that trainer in that article has something to do with it. I don't know why the Sixers on Earth would try to change a kid's shot. Um, the kid seems like an intelligent kid. He's not a knucklehead. By You guys read that article by everyone who talks to him. He's not a knucklehead. He's a kid who genuinely cares about basketball, about how he's Am viewed. I can I just say though it always concerns me when you see an outside an outside I don't like it such, yes. such influence on a young player you're the NBA franchise if but he wants to work with that guy in the off season that's fine but in the off season that's fine well Go I think this is how it started do. though I think this is how I think that was the off season in those two months I can never prove no, it no I'm talking but, about the no the the off season summer league to I'm not talking about that. Like there's no off season for a rookie. Draft, summer league, and then the season starts. There's no yeah, off season yeah, yeah. for a rookie. But if if he's not going to summer league in future years, that's when he should be working with this guy. But as soon as he sets foot in the Philadelphia 76ers facility, his season has begun. And there should be no like whatever about calling him for advice and whatever. There should be no physical training sessions between those two. The Sixers yeah. employ people to do this. They employ, with, with respect to the guy, much more qualified people to guide this guy on his path through the NBA. No question. Now, you, know, what, you, you, want, you guys want the real irony here? Lonzo Ball might have actually gone number one if it wasn't for LeVar actually getting in the way. Lonzo Ball has had less interference from an obvious interferer at LeVar than mm-hmm. the, than the yeah. Sixers have gotten with the faults. Which is kind of yeah. funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, Lonzo's Le- I mean, Le- a good player. I'm not too worried about him. I would want him on my team because of his dad. Um, I just think he's got too much to say. But um, I find him kind of you hilarious. Know. So you have to remember yeah, well, his dad's fucking busy nerves, but Yeah, his dad's busy with the, with the other two idiots. Yeah, the other two idiots um, in Lithuania who will never play in the NBA. Like, in he's out. Fucking... He's out of the country now. Yeah, being busy with those. Like, if if they come back to the um, to, to America next year, saying I know that Liangelo, I think he's the middle one. If he's playing um, so, uh, in the D League or the G League or whatever it's called now, um, and I don't know what will happen with Lamelo, he'll probably stay overseas. But if 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 Lavar is back in America next year, I expect him to raise absolute hell. Yeah, because <laughs> the guy is a he is a moron. And look, if if Markel Fultz never plays again in the NBA, if if Jason Tatum got injured tomorrow, touch wood, and never played again in the NBA, I would still much rather have drafted them than draft Lonzo Ball. Regardless of how... I think Lonzo's a phenomenal passer and a really good player. But I would never, ever, ever want anything to do with his father. His father might be the second biggest moron in America right now. And that that is an incredible achievement on his behalf. I don't know, man. He's got stiff competition for that one. Exactly. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) Like, you've got Trump, Trump is the clear number one, and I think this guy slides in at number two. Yeah, it's just that you just don't have to interfere with your son's life and career like that. But, all right, let's, let's move on because it's making me sad to talk about it. And I just hope he comes back and I think he could be a great player. It just hasn't started well, obviously. So let's, 
let's move on to Justin's Knicks. Um, I won't say not say much. I'll just basically we all know what happened to Porzingis, which is nobody wants to see players like that get hurt. He tore his ACL, dunked it on Giannis's head, which was awesome. The dunking on his head part, not the ACL part. Um, but Justin, your Knicks are playing my Sixers tonight. I, I don't know the score because we hopped on this pod. Uh, but I'd imagine you want to just play Tankathon now. But walk me through this. Uh, how do you envision this working out? Um, I don't envision it working out. Um, the problem is, is I mean, short of microfracture surgery, an ACL is the worst thing you can have in the NBA. It's the worst. Oh, you sure about that? I think Achilles is worse. Achilles, Achilles is pretty is bad. Worse. Yeah, Achilles is bad. Stops all your jumping ability. I keep on forgetting about how much, uh, even though he wasn't yeah. particularly great, Jared Sullinger just died. But uh, yeah, 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 big time. But uh, it, it's a bad injury for a guy. Now it's a bad injury. A lot of players don't regain much from it. The guy I'm thinking most of is Derrick Rose. There's a lot of other reasons that Derrick Rose never regained his ability besides just mm-hmm. that ACL tear. But I mean, it's going to take him two years to recover. Um, if you're thinking about maybe next year, the Knicks would be an outside shot in eight seed if they drafted well, and we're, we're active in the free agent market at this point, it changes the Knicks. It really kind of changes the Knicks, uh, outlook for the next two or three seasons because uh, he's probably out until next February. So that means that you're not making the playoffs this season. You're certainly not making it next season. If you have to play your first 50 games without, you know, a bona fide NBA superstar who's really the only thing on that team that's that good. So yeah. it's 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 gonna it's gonna basically take two seasons to tear it apart. On the bright side, that gives a lot of time to clear out some uh, some dead wood in, the con- in contract spaces and see if some of the younger guys we have. And I'm really at this point just thinking about that backcourt of uh, the newly acquired Emmanuel Moutier and uh, Frank Nealakina. See if there's anything between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really what it does to the Knicks. It basically makes them a uh, an also-ran for another two years, which at this point, you know, just biding time because they've been, uh, you know, growing up as a Knicks fan was was fun. Just never got the just never got the title win, which was annoying under the in the Ewing years. Thank you, Michael. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but now basically, I'm, I've been used to for the last twenty years them being a highly inconsistent and totally inept organization from a decision-making perspective. And now I just have to hope that they don't botch the interim decisions in the attempt to try to be competitive this, you know, next year when that is just something that's not going to happen. So just take this, play out the rest of this year, tank. Next year, hope that Moutier and Neil Aquina show you something. Uh, try to see if you can dump Enos Cantor at the trade deadline. Try to see if you can dump Kyle Quinn at the trade deadline. Can just free up cap room and make a run at it in two years when you've got Porzingis coming back for a full healthy season. Because right now it's it's just laid the it's just laid the cover bare for quite a while. Yeah, I, I can't say I disagree with really any of that. Although I we've talked about this before, Justin, and I guess it'll happen at some point. But they really have to start playing Frankie a lot more. Oh. Um, I don't I, understand why they and, – and we'll get to the Moutier trade. I actually I like can, that from a perspective of see what he's got. I can tell you exactly why they don't play him. It's annoying why they don't play him. It's because Jeff Warnesek's not a particularly good coach. That's really it. And it's I just don't get it because I think that guy can play. And why he's playing the minutes he's playing is just dumb to me. But, Dave, what do you think about the Knicks? Obviously, right. I know Justin touched on a lot of points there. but here's Here's the plan if the Knicks are in any way smart. Lose every game 
between now and the end of the season. Every yeah. single one of them. Find new ways to win. Look up the Sixers over the last five years. Look up the Timberwolves pre-Wiggins. Find new ways to win. Uh, new ways to lose, I should say. Losing it, is winning you know, in this case. Ex- yeah, experiment yep. in how you lose. Play Trey Burke 45 minutes a night. Give Michael Beasley every shot. He'll fucking take them too. Um, <laughs> lose every game. Play Frank and Moutier. And I'm not going to say his surname because I, I can't pronounce Frank's surname. Play Frank and Moutier as together. Every time one of them is on the court, the other one should be on the court. Even if they're only playing 15, 20 minutes a night, all their minutes should be together and see if they have anything. Try and get a high pick in this year's draft as high as possible and go out and get yourself a three or a really good four. One or the other, right? Next season, you hold Porzingis out all year long. I don't want to see him before April. Hold him out. Doesn't matter if he's healthy. Hold him out. Be as bad as you can be and get another high pick. And then the following year, bring Porzingis back in. You would hopefully by then have an established young backcourt who play well together, can do a lot of everything. You have a young front court that you've drafted, that you have control over for a long time, and you slot Porzingis in as your five as the final piece. In the meantime, like Justin says, they've got to get off some of these contracts. I mean, like Tim Hardaway Jr., like, oh dear. <laughs> oh fucking dear. What is that? Um, Counter's got terrible money. Decent player. Yeah, for a, a decent player. A, a decent yeah. player at ten to twelve million a yeah. year, not a twenty. Well, um, remember, going forward, those kind of contracts aren't going to happen much anymore. Until and, those, but those, the worst part is, Joe, jacked up those kind cap. of hand, those kind of contracts will be harder to get off oh, because nobody yeah. has the space. That's it. Um, Enos Cantor's a good player, but he's a one-way player. Like yeah. he he offers nothing defensively. Um, but he's a very good low post scorer. He's a good rebounder and he does have value. So I think you could find a home for him. Yeah, yeah uh, me too. And he's turkey strong. You know, Kyle Quinn, as Justin mentioned, he's another one you've got to try and find a home for. Courtney Lee, I do like, but the contract isn't particularly good now. He's a free agent after next, next, season. next, after next season. Yeah, so that's yeah one more year. Yeah. Keep him, maybe dump him at the trade deadline if you can. The big problem is, is, is Noah. Um, Phil Jackson should be putting him in an institution for that contract. I mean, that is absolutely appalling. Um, and there's no way you're getting off that contract. The only way you're getting off that contract is to either stretch him or buy him out. And it's too early to buy him out, so you'd have to stretch that contract. Which I don't want them to do, just because it's it's four years, right? That contract's yeah. four, that contract's four years. It's got three years left after this season. Yeah. By the time that that contract's in its final year, where it's an expiring. Hopefully, you're able to move it at the deadline if you're in competition for the playoffs in that season. But why would anyone want him other than to free up? It's a, it like, would just be. It would just be. A, you'd only, have to only attach for something to that. Yeah, I, I yeah. would say. I'm saying a first round that, pick, which you can't do for the next. Trade got trade that contract in three years at the deadline to somebody who needs to get an expiring expiring deal, an expiring deal. But ultimately, for me, I don't want to see it stretched because I just don't want to be dealing with a fallout of you know. Six or seven million dollars of uh, of cap room related to Joe Every Noah year. two years after he's done. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it might be better, though, than 20 million of cap room to Joakim Noah to not play him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not, either way, he's not going to play much basketball over the next couple of seasons for you because he physically can't. Like, his feet are shot. His legs are shot. His, he, he's no explosiveness left. He, he can still, like, talk Defend, like his team through a game defensively, but he's a shadow. Like he can't do anything other other than talk. Can't rebound. Um, the next part of the plan obviously would be to fire Jeff Hornacek. Oh, um, now the one thing is he did have obviously great success in Phoenix running a two point guard backcourt with uh, Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe. So maybe, maybe you say to him, "Look, this is the situation. You play Frank and you play Moutier. They're your starters." I'm talking about next season, obviously. They're your starters, and you don't... That's it. Stick with them. Let's see what they have. Um, but otherwise, you just get rid of them. I, I don't know who you might look to bring in. I'm sure there's a coach. Um, you might have a coach in mind yourself, Justin, that, that would be a better fit. But maybe you, you reach into the college ranks and grab someone there. But, like, you just... It, they have to make changes. And they kind of... The next big problem is that they half-arse everything. Like, everything. They half-arse everything. They give bring Phil Jackson in. And then they put him in the front office. Like, what basis is there to suggest he was ever suitable for that job? The guy is a coach. If you bring him, you, you make him coach or you don't bring him. That's just it. Like, Steve Mills is, I think he's the general manager by default now. Um, like, what does he do on a daily basis? I know he used to make Phil's coffee. What does he do now? Um, how is Kurt Rambus still on your coaching staff? It's been long established. The man is a terrible, terrible coach. Um, I don't understand. The funny part about Steve Mills, and this is where I think it ultimately, you you, you skated around it, but you didn't get to where the, the, uh, the source of the half-assing It's Dolan. Uh, Mills, Mills has managed to survive Isaiah. He survived Donnie Walsh. He survived, uh, whatever that monstrosity that you want to say came after. I mean, well, then, then it was then it was Grunfeld, and actually Grunfeld was the only guy who built a reasonably good Knicks team in the last fifteen years. But then after that, Grunfeld somehow gets fired, and you've immediately then gone into a situation where it's. Um, I think it was Mills actually took the job right after Grunfeld falls flat on his face. Phil comes in. Mills is still in the building. Mills is now the GM. None of it makes sense. It's 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 all it's all Dolan. He he has too much loyalty to certain people. I wouldn't be shocked if I found out that Isaiah Thomas was was you know not running this as a shadow organization anyway. Like that's probably <laughs> happening. I mean, there has been rumors though. There has it's been rumors happening. that he is a a consultant and all this. And you really don't want like I mean that guy bankrupted an entire league. That's how yeah. bad he is. Yeah, that you kind don't of want job. Again, like Isaiah. Isaiah did an okay job in Toronto in terms of drafting, but aside from that, like the guy, there's no, there's no evidence. This is jo- like jobs for the old boys. There's no evidence to suggest these guys can do a job. Where you look at, say, Danny Ainge, not a superstar player, part of one of the all-time great teams, but he's become one of the best front office guys in the NBA. Or C. Buford, I don't know anything about him other than he's worked with the Spurs for a long time. I have no idea what he did before that. I don't know what his credentials were but like he's a genius um daryl Morey, like a nerd a stats nerd a genius um the, sam hinky a stats nerd a genius like but these are the kind of guys you need running your organizations now like i don't like the situation we have in, in minnesota where tibbs is in, in charge of everything i really I don't, don't like, like that either that. i don't no, like I any that. team 
having having one guy controlling everything. Yeah, like how like, Doc Rivers used to be with the Clippers. The it only just, it doesn't exactly work. like even with Pop, people will say, "Oh, Pop runs everything in San Antonio." That's fair enough, but R.C. Buford can and has overruled him in the past. Yeah, like he's one general manager of the year for a reason. That's exactly it, and and they've been very clever. Pop is the president of basketball or, or operations and the coach. Buford is the general manager, but during the season, Buford is in charge, and that's the understanding that they have together is that Pop runs things in the off season, but Buford runs things during the season, and it works. Like you look at Doc, you look at like um, what's the guy's name in Detroit? Um, Dan Gundy. Van Gundy, like, again, a great coach, a fantastic coach, not a front office guy. And no. it, it's, it's these kind of like when you get Phil in and he decides, well, I'm not going to coach, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and get a Patsy. I'm going to get a Stooge and I'm going to coach the team without actually coaching them. I'll tell him exactly what to do. And you've got like guys running the triangle who've got no idea how to run the triangle and you, draft or you trade in players and draft players that don't suit the triangle and then Phil fucks off and everybody's like right well what do we do now and it's like the Knicks should be and I've said this to you before uh, Joe for the NBA to be the best sporting league in the world which I think it's pretty close it needs all its marquee franchises yeah it, it hurts even if, if they're not, not there. Even if not at title contender level, at playoff level. Like, you want the Knicks in the playoffs. I want the Knicks in the playoffs every year. I grew up, and every single year, the Knicks were in the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. just how it was. They were just one of the best teams. The same with the Lakers, the Celtics, um, your own your own Sixers, the Bulls. You know, those those are the marquee teams of the NBA. And for the NBA themselves, it's in their own interest to have the Knicks as as a marquee um, team and as a team who are competitive and become an attraction to free agents. Like, if we look at this summer, like LeBron becomes a free agent. Now, obviously, the cap situation is one of the reasons the Knicks couldn't go couldn't go and get him. But the fact that if even if the Knicks had nobody on the roster and had all that cap space, LeBron wouldn't even take a meeting with them. No, absolutely no. not. No, None no of the marquee guys would like because. They're just so badly run. Like they need to find a way to pack James Dolan off, get That's competent people running. Hard, that is going to be hard because there's no legal way to do it unless oh. unless he does something where they can do a Donald Sterling type of situation, just Shanghai the franchise away. Step from in, him. Justin. Step I in am and take care of that. I'm pretty sure that they probably can find one of the many different things that James Dolan probably does wrong to strip a franchise. Of course, like, look, there's absolutely Charles something Oakley, there. They need to get Charles Oakley to come out and say that man made racially derogative comments <laughs> in my direction. There's video evidence that Oakley freaked out. If Oakley had just said that's what happened, cool. <laughs> and, and, and fans in New York love <clears throat> Oakley way more than yeah. they love James Dolan. Oh, they, so. the fans in New York, like, and that's what gets me is that I like the the fans in New York, like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The fact that they've stood by this team despite the absolute sack of shit that they've been, you know, forced to swallow time and time again. It does, it does say a lot about the, the caliber of fan they have in New York, how, how, what, what real hardcore fans they are. I mean, it's a yeah. basketball town. Like, New, New York's a basketball town. It's, it's the Mecca. Yeah. Like, it yeah. is. Square Garden is the mecca of NBA basketball. And you cannot argue that. Anybody who does, you don't know basketball. If you've never been to MSG, there's one arena you ever want to play in and I know that a lot of these new arenas are beautiful I get it the Oracle but, Golden State's awesome go look, to New York City and watch a basketball game go to a New York park and watch basketball exactly there's, there's a reason why every boxer in the world wants to fight there where you hear of any of the professional wrestlers talk about their favorite arena to perform in it's MSG and when yeah. you hear the like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan talk about what inspired them most to produce during the career playing in New York at Madison Square Garden in front of basically hellfire and brimstone coming from the fans and Spike Lee jumping up and down in the court side. Like, that is a major, major thing. And it should, like, that... The Knicks should be turning down meetings with free agents. Yeah, not the other way around. around. Yeah. All right, guys, let's let's move to free agent talk because we're going a little long here and, uh, you know, you know how that goes. Hey, I mean, the, the, the trade deadline, right? Yeah, let's just yeah. go to the trade deadline. Um, just short, shorter answers for, um, everybody involved. Justin and I already talked about this, but Dave, you, I know, I, I know what you had to say to me and I, I know what you had to say on Twitter and Justin and I totally agree with you, but we'll start with the, and I'm only going to do big ones. If you guys want to add any that, that affected your teams or something like that, please, by all means, go ahead. But again, we're already 40 minutes in, so I want to, I want to keep this moving. Um, Justin and I talked about the Blake Griffin trade, and that was Blake to the Pistons with Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed. Clippers received Tobias Harris, Bob Don Marjanovic, Avery Bradley, a 2018 protected first-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick. So, Dave, I know how you feel about it, but quickly, but please tell me. I think Blake is a very talented player whose injuries have spoiled his career. I think at this point he's largely overrated. I don't think he's one of the top 20 players in the NBA. And what the Pistons have now done is they've locked themselves into a long time and a lot of money for Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, which is at best Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan 2.0. And that one jack shit. And with Blake's injuries going likely to become more and more frequent as he gets older, 
with his explosiveness likely to drop off, and it already has. Like he's significantly less athletic than he was when he first came into the NBA. Um, I don't like this trade. I think uh, I, I think the the Clippers did a good job here. I think they got some decent players back. It, like it's not a hole. It's not. There's no star names there, but there's no, no, no. Like there's some solid players. Um, Avery Bradley is is the best player of the bunch. Tobias Harris is a decent player. Um, Boban is is a freak of nature who might be useful. Um, but it it's a weird trade for for Detroit, and it goes back to my point about Stan Van Gundy. Like, yeah. I, what are you doing? Yeah, don't, the good coach don't let him run the organization. He's gonna that's gonna end up burning them, which I know we all agree with that. Next trade. Um, Miritich, Nikola Miritich, went from the Bulls to the Pelicans with a 2018 second-round pick for Tony Allen, Omer Sheik, um, Jameer Nelson, who was ended up, they ended up cutting him, a 2018 first-round pick, and a 2021 second-round pick swap rights. Everybody who's a Sixers fan loves a swap. Mm. So, Justin, what did you think about that trade? Um, I, I like it uh, for, for New Orleans. They're going to try to take a shot at making the playoffs. There's no reason they shouldn't. Miritich is a decent player. He's obviously not Boogie Cousins. But, you know, he's a guy who can score. He can stretch a defense a little bit because he does have some range on his jumper. Decent rebounder. Uh, he's not a good defender, but he's not awful. And you could cover for, you know, Boogie is a, Boogie's a you know, Boogie himself is not a particularly great defender, but he's, I mean, he's a better defender than Miritich. But you have Anthony Davis, who clears up a lot of other people's mistakes defensively anyway at the center position. So, you know what? As far as getting the closest thing that they could for a like for like for Boogie on the on the open market that isn't going to destroy your future, they did a good job. I uh, agree. Dave? Yeah, I like the trade. I like it for both teams. I think Chicago obviously wanted to move him. Um, because they're rebuilding, he wasn't going to be part of that rebuild long term. It's a good move for New Orleans because they get a good player who will will fit in well next to Davis. Um, give them that short term relief while Boogie is injured, and it's a good move for Miritich because they agreed to pick up his option, and it was questionable what he would get as a free agent if his mm-hmm. like cause Chicago had said they might not pick up his option. So yeah, it's a it's a good trade all round. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, as I said, there's been a lot of little trades. I'm, I'm, if you guys want to mention them, you're more than welcome to by all means. But the next one I want to go to is Justin's Knicks getting Moutier for essentially nothing. Devin Harris and the Clippers 2018 second round pick, obviously, via the Knicks. I love this trade. Well, it's, um, it was a three-way. The, the Knicks sent McDermott to the McDermott went to oh, Denver. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, my to, apologies. So McDermott goes to Dallas, Devin Harris to Denver, and then the Knicks yes. get Moutier. And second-round picks involved. I, yeah, I, I love this because for the Knicks, you have nothing to lose. You could, I mean, Moutier just didn't obviously didn't work out in Denver, but maybe he likes the bright city. I mean, he played mm-hmm. very well in his first game. Um, I know it's only one game, but he did play very well. So, Justin, since you're a Knicks fan, what do you think, man? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a low-risk, high-upside move. It's the type of move that the Knicks probably made. My only issue with the Knicks at the deadline, as we just mentioned, is that they just didn't do more. But see, see if Neil Akina and Moutier are, you know, compatible in the backcourt. One of them's going to have to move off the ball, but I've never seen the issue with having two young, six foot five inch, ultra athletic guards in your backcourt. Mm. Agreed. Dave? I like it for the Knicks. I think it's a, it's no risk. 
worst case scenario doesn't work out, they get rid like they'll just let him go as a free agent or cut him or whatever. Like there's no risk for the Knicks. McDermott wasn't really a player they wanted. Um wasn't really a massive contributor. Still needs to find his kind of groove in the NBA. Um I I'd love to know what Denver are doing though. Like I don't really understand what their long term plan is. You know, like they, they they committed all that money to Paul Millsap. Yeah, it wasn't smart. And it's, it's, it's too a, old. That, that's a win now move. But then you yeah. look at the rest of the roster, and then you hear about oh they're trying to get rid of Fareed, and they need to get rid of Chandler, and it's like, well, they're, like, in the, they're in the West. That's the that's problem. it. You're in the West, you're, you're and in unless the West. You, like, you're great, know, you're, like, know where you're at. So like the thing is, they were putting together a nice young core with with Jokic and um, Moutier and the. Canadian kid whose name escapes me, or oh, Murray. Like that's a Walmart. nice young core. Like nice young core. If you're gonna trade Fareed and, and Chandler and that and, and build a young core and try and compete in the in the West in two to three years, great. That's that's a plan. That's an actual you've got a good coach there, you've got a solid enough GM, you know where you're going. And then they just it was weird. They just they because they, they got rid of Gallinari and then they go and they give all that money to a guy who was 31 at the time. Yeah, 31 and 32. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, I, I don't, and then, and then they just give up on Moutier because reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's just, that's, that's the, that's the year that everybody just had money to splash and that's what they did. And I, I agree it was dumb, but, um, I'll mention Dwayne Wade went back to the heat for a, yeah. a, a small protected second round pick. I, for one, don't give a shit. I actually love Dwayne Wade, but like, he wasn't doing shit on that Cavalier no, team. No, he, he's, yeah, he's finished. Yeah, and he's, he's just going back home to be with his, his beautiful wife and his beautiful home. Um, Justin, you want to add anything to that? Or no, nah, I mean Wade's game was always, you know, drive to the hoop, take as much abuse as possible, and finish. But once once yeah. you lose that explosiveness and you're not a particularly great shooter, it's yep. it's not going to work anymore. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, the one other one which was kind of like the Moody, eh? the guys from the same draft, and I. I don't I don't know if I love the player, but I like what the Suns did, getting Alfred Payton for essentially nothing. A second round pick. It's kinda of what the Knicks are doing with Moutier. Um Payton play again, one one game, the smallest sample size you could possibly have, played really well. What do you guys think about that trade? I think it's just yeah. it's sorry sorry, Dave, you go ahead. No, no, firehead, firehead. I think it's a pretty straightforward one. It's just, you know, Payton's coming up in free agency in an Orlando team that's not gonna re sign him. So, if you're Phoenix, you know, getting a, getting another guard who can play on the ball to push Devin Booker off a bit more to make use of his ability to spot up, and someone who can find, you know, Booker for e- easy looks while also operating on the uh, pick and roll with, uh, you know, Alex Len, who, if he ever can stay healthy, really deserves the minutes to actually prove himself as a starter in the NBA, because he is reasonably productive when he does play. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a decent move if they can convince him to stay. And if they can't, they only gave up a two for it. I like it. I, I think if, if I like it, like this, like Justin said, if he, if he finds form and he's willing to stay all of a sudden now, you've got a really, really talented five plus Len, as, as Justin mentioned, like Bender has real talent, but he needs to play or you need to do something with him. Like you, you can't just continue this weird thing that they do where he plays and then he disappears and he plays and disappears. Um, Chris has talent, but what's his position? Johnson is really talented and, um, or 
it is Johnson, isn't it? Yeah, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. He's actually starting. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. He's, Josh Jackson. Show, he's starting to show it too. Yeah, he's a real player, and Devin Booker is a phenomenal young player. Yeah. So if if, if he fits in there with that group, that's real talent. That's something you can build with. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna win <laughs> for a couple of years, but you mm-hmm. can build that team. And now they've they've obviously this season as well finally decided that a real basketball coach is actually something you need in the NBA. Um, so they, they got rid of the put, the putts they had there. Um, yeah, I like this move. I think they've given up nothing. And for Orlando, it, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's been, you? they've been in, they've been in what are you doing since uh, no Shaq team. and Penny have been gone. So actually, no really, team. Dwight Howard has been gone. They've been like, what are you doing? So yeah, no team has drafted worse. Uh, or should I say, no team has developed draft picks worse. Because yeah, if like, you look weird. at what Oladipo is doing this year, oh god, why couldn't he do that there? Like, uh, and you know, you've got um, Mario Hazonia who will never actually play more than ten minutes, even though he actually looks like he might be able to play a little. He's the Staying most and, strangest player on earth. Like, it's like it, how is he not your three and Gordon's your four, and then you look to build from there. Like I, someone needs to explain it to me. I don't understand it. It's weird. They've got bad contracts coming out of their ass. They've got Vucevic there, who they should have traded two years ago. Yeah. He's still there. Um, you cannot play any modern style of basketball with him on the floor. They gave a whole bunch of money to a whole bunch of players who hadn't really done much to to earn that contract, um, including Biombo. Now, I like Biombo, but I like Biombo at about $8 million a year. Yeah, that was not, <laughs> not at $16 million a year, you know? Yeah. Um, Again, so, like the team that had open cap space during that free agent yeah. year, they gave out stupid contracts, and yeah. that's what like, you're stuck with now. And, and now they finally changed the general manager, having finally realized that the guy they had, while young and trendy and hip, just wasn't ready for the job. Now, in five years, maybe he is ready to run an NBA franchise. He wasn't ready to run that one, especially one that needed a rebuild, and one that had, I think Jacques Vaughn was the coach when he took over. Jacques Vaughn's one of the worst head coaches the NBA has ever seen. He's a great assistant coach. The guy, the, the the general manager might have made a very good assistant general manager, but he wasn't ready to be a general manager. Now they finally get a good coach in, and Frank Frank Vogel. It hasn't really worked. You'd wonder what the future is. Will he stay there? Will they get rid of him? Um, but let's not forget they, you know, they're they're, they're a franchise with a history of terrible decisions. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they just they, they need a direction and they need to figure out what they want to do because if not, they might just trade everybody and shut the place down and move that franchise to Seattle or something, because the people in Miami just don't deserve it. Yeah. Orlando's one of the shittiest markets in the NBA. I mean... Yeah, it is. It's hard to get... They bought it there because of Disneyland, and they were hoping the tourists would go. Like, there's no real, like, local fan base for the match. Yeah, anybody who knows anything about Florida in general, it's high school and college sports that rule that state. Yeah, yeah. not, not the, professional sports. No, and it'll I, never be that way. There's a reason the Dolphins are still playing in a shithole. If the, if the Dolphins had enormous support the way you would expect them to have as one of the storied franchises in the NBA or in the NFL, the Dolphins would have a brand new state-of-the-art stadium. Instead, they've got a kit. Yeah. Justin, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I will say this about the one professional sports team in the city of Miami that actually is getting its due and does well. Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra have built a very good yeah. franchise in the Miami yes. Heat. 
Yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm a same time. They have yeah. LeBron James on their fucking team. I mean, like it's Miami. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they have LeBron James on their fucking team. LeBron James goes to Cleveland and wins championships. So, uh, you know, I yeah. But remember, they won a championship before LeBron James as well. But who was there? It was Shaq, but that was the end towards the end of his career. And Dwayne and, Wade, and who Dwayne, they like, drafted, his powers. <laughs> but Dwayne Wade, who they drafted, like. No, they I have understand. built a respect. Like they got Alonzo Mourning there in, yeah, in no, I, the nineties. They built a good team. Like Riley has done great work, and that franchise came into existence the same time as the Magic did. And the Heat now, if you were to name like the five or six best run franchise in the NBA, the Heat would be in that. And if you were to name the five or six worst run franchises, the Magic would be in that. Yeah, yeah no question. You know? yeah, there's no there's no doubt about that. I just you know great players do help in that in that scenario. And of course, Orlando but Orlando had their run, but they couldn't win it. That's Orlando had great players, but they've never been yeah. able to attract great players because, as Justin said, it's a shitty market. Nobody wants to go there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I mean, anybody who knows Miami and Orlando, you're going to pick Miami ten times out of ten. And it also, I mean, it all fell flat once uh, Orlando had that one summer where they were really active at the free agent market, coming out with McGrady and Hill, and. Mm. Both of them, both of them fell apart physically when they got there. Like it was, yeah. they, they went off of the high of having Shaq and Penny and Shaq bolting because of things not going right, and that team would have won a title, but yeah, it didn't. But uh, you mentioned LeBron. Are we are we gonna get to talk about the uh, Cavalier retooling? Yep, that's what I'm going to, and this is the last thing we're talking about. But I'm gonna split it up in two parts so we're not like all over the place because technically it was two trades, and the first one I'll, I'll save the Lakers one. Um, the first one I'll do is. Basically, the Cavaliers got Rodney Hood and George Hill. Uh, the Jazz got Jay Crowder and a shot Derrick Rose. And then Kings got Joe Johnson and Monk Shumpert and a 2020 second-round pick. Um, I, I don't know. I've listened to many pods about these, about this, both these trades, and we'll talk about this ones in general. Uh, I mean, I'll just say this. Cleveland improved overall, but they were so fucking bad, like you couldn't possibly not improve. But I think people are going way too overboard and just saying they're, you know, I understand they beat the balls off of Boston last night. Um, and that's good and all. And they looked happy and that's great. That's, you know, LeBron. That's, that's great. And he goes back to the facilitator, but like Rodney Hood's a good player. He's nothing else to me. Uh, you're going to have to max him if you want to resign him. And George Hill's just an average player at this point. So what about that trade? Do you guys like that trade for Cleveland or are you all in my, in my side of the boat here? You guys are like, no, fuck you, Joe. I really like this trade for Cleveland. Go ahead, Dave. I like it. I don't love it. I mean, George Hill is, is better than Derek Rose. Um, no question. Rodney, Rodney Hood is, Rodney Hood is, is better than Iman Shumpert and he's, he's, you know, Arguably a better player than Jay Crowder in terms of offensive side. Yeah. So Jay Crowder they, was never a fit there because LeBron's playing his position. Well, that's exactly it. And he, he's and not really a small four. No. And he wasn't um, ever touching the ball and he wasn't used to that. So it's hard to gauge him on. He's that. a nice fit. I like it. I tell you, I like, I do like Utah getting, getting Jay Crowder, um, for Rodney Hood and, and getting off the Joe Johnson contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and freeing up some cap space that they can now use maybe to re-sign favors or whatever they plan to do. Um, I do like that. I, of course, they've now released Derek Rose, which as a Minnesota fan just strikes tear, fear into my heart and brings tears Please to my eyes. Please don't <laughs> sign him, Tim. Please don't do that to me. I don't can't watch him it. play basketball. No. Um, 
for for the Kings, I mean, they're they're the biggest shit show in the NBA. I mean, they're yes. like they're the worst run franchise in all of professional sports. They're and they're they're a joke. They've just they've just cut the guy that they drafted 16th in the draft a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a farce because who do, do we know if he can play basketball? Because I, I haven't seen him play. <laughs> um, so like for Cleveland, I I like it. I think they've gotten better. I don't think they've really given up much. Um, in this trade, I mean, Shumpert, not a great contract. Um, Crowder. Not really even a good player anymore, a, either. No, no, no. He's the too many injuries. Yeah. Um, so they've gotten better now. The thing is, like, it's the other trade that's the big deal here because now they've basically given up Kyrie Irving for uh, I, Rod, yeah, I, Rodney Hood and the other two guys. And that makes well, the like, Kyrie Irving trade look terrible. Yeah, I said from day one that was the fucking joke. But Justin, go ahead. You can have your say on this, this, this particular trade. So I like it for the Cavs. I, I don't love it. I like it. But one of the things I've always found is that like LeBron has bad taste in trying to, at this point, recruit secondary stars. Yes, he does. Because it's not what his teams have needed at this point. He Look at the modern NBA. Look, who realistically is gonna is going to go toe-to-toe one-on-one with LeBron for a seven-game series and come out and win? It's never LeBron's performances that lose his that lose games for his for his teams in in uh in the playoffs. It's the fact that he doesn't have any anything re- remotely reliable as, as far as role players go. It's harder to find for him is useful role players who can play off the ball, play good defense, and do the things he needs. George Hill yep. is the point guard that he hasn't is the point guard he hasn't had since Kyrie left, and is a totally different kind of point guard than Kyrie. He's actually just a facilitator mm-hmm. in an offense. And Hood is a you know a reasonably good three and D guy who for what they're going to try to do in Cleveland as far as what their plan is going to be which is a lot of people playing off the ball a lot of people sagging to the middle to try to stop LeBron from driving and him being able to hit a lot of guys for open buckets it's another mm-hmm. shooter I mean you stick J.R. Smith out there Kyle Korver Rodney Hood George Hill Kevin Love once a, all, right right there that's a lot of guys who can make shots and that's a lot of guys who play off the ball. So as far as what they're going to try to do and their best strategy to win is going to be give the ball to LeBron and let him create, they're two guys who fit that. They're, they're also two pretty good defensive guys. George Hill is, is one George of Hill the is, better defensive well, point guards in the league. Hood is, Hood is an okay defender. Yeah. Yes, George Hill is notoriously very good. Now, I think he's been horrendous this year, but that's probably because he's on the worst defense. Sacram- Sacramento yeah. curse. Yeah, they're pathetic, and they were legitimately – the worst defense in the league prior to this, but Cleveland was second. So let's see how that works out. Rodney Hood, with Justin, you said it perfectly. What they're going to ask him to do, and Dave, you said it too, is good for him because you saw when they tried to make him the man in Utah, he just couldn't do it, and that's why they moved on from him. So the the bigger trade was the Cavaliers receiving Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and giving up Isaiah Thomas, who was just been awful, Channing Frye, who got paid because of LeBron and is terrible, and on top of that, the Cavs throw in their fucking first round pick. Um, I, I don't understand. Again, people, there's a lot of people who lauded this and I, I, same, it's the same idiots who lauded the Kyrie trade when you, none of you, not, 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 not you guys, but a lot of guys who were well known and very well respected lauded that. And I don't understand why, what's the need to throw a first round pick for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, who are at best, Good players. Um, Jordan Clarkson never plays defense. 
Jordan he's Clarkson's a good scorer. He's the seventh guy on a on a good team. Yeah. yeah and Larry, Larry Nance is at the end of the bench and he plays five minutes in garbage time. Yeah, and, um, and he's a, he might be a better he'll be a, pl- a better player with LeBron. There's no question about yeah. it. Um, and so will Jordan Clarkson because here's the thing: everybody's a better player. Most of them are better with players LeBron James because he's the best facilitator in the NBA. That's his whole deal. So, guys, Justin, I'll start with you first. What do you what do you think about this trade? Because remember. It now allows the fucking Lakers to get two max players. The Cavaliers could have just fucked themselves here. Well, I mean, the pick that they're giving up is their one instead of the Brooklyn one, so at least they're not completely yes. and totally like it's going to be a pick in the late twenties, and but it's still a first round. It's pick. still a first with, round with, pick with Jordan Clarkson's awful contract. Yeah, that's the thing. I like Clarkson. I don't love him. I think he's a second unit scorer, which is something the Cavs need. Um, they do. Larry Nance Jr. is a talented yet raw young player who emotionally has more benefit playing in Cleveland than any place else because that's where his father played. That's really sure. all it comes to. It's I mean, Nance is, Nance is a young body who they can develop if LeBron leaves because that's going to be a team that all of a sudden is once again going to lose a lot of games. So, so you know, do you I, have any issues with them? I mean, so this basically allows the Lakers to, in theory, now I don't know if this is going to happen, but sign LeBron, sign Paul George. I can't see George leaving uh, Oklahoma City if that situation stays as is because that's a bona fide contender. And Me too, Lakers, actually. Although the Lakers with LeBron and George would probably become a bona fide contender. Yes. They probably wouldn't beat the Rockets or the Warriors, but yes, you are right. You never know what can happen there. Anything else you want to say on that? No, no I, I want to hear what Dave has to say, and then I, and then I want to actually go talk. I want to talk to a Wolves fan about the Wolves. Go ahead, buddy. Um, well, the thing is, right, people say, well, Nance is a young guy. He's the same age as Clarkson. They're both 25. Mm-hmm. So, they're both, like, they're both good young players, but there's very limited upside, I think, with both. I don't, I don't see either of them developing into much more than they are. Like you say, they'll get a bump from playing with LeBron. But, I mean, what, what it does is it means they don't have to now max Isaiah, which, if LeBron left in the summer, they were going to have to max Isaiah Thomas because, like, it, it's or try and rebuild. And the last time they tried to rebuild, the NBA kept giving them number one picks, and they made an absolute hames of it. They, you the know, Anthony they, Bennett two over. Yeah, you oh, know what God. I mean. Like, <clears throat> and, and, you know, so they they made a mess of it, and they got what three for, three number one picks in four years or something stupid like. Um, so I think. Realistically, if we look at this situation, I think it's a good deal for the Cavs if LeBron is staying because it does add two decent guys to the bench that are probably movable down the road. Like Clarkson's contract's not great, but he signed a four-year, fifty million deal. He's got twenty-six million dollars left in two years. And two years, so thirteen million a year. That's not dreadful. But in this, he's not worth it. But it's not terrible. No, no, but if you if you were salary, say that's different. He's not a twelve million dollar player. He's nowhere. He's not a twelve million player. No, but there's a, there's an awful lot of players in the NBA who aren't worth a fraction no of what they're earning. It's not a terrible contract in the same way that like Joakim Noah is a terrible contract. Do you know well, what yeah, I mean? Or, or, or like yet. like <laughs> Jeff Teague is a terrible contract. You know? Yeah, I, we, um, we both question that when that happens. We'll, we'll get to him, but. <laughs> I don't know, like, I mean, it, it makes the, the Kyrie deal look much worse now because yeah. you basically c- traded Kyrie and your first round pick for 
Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, and Rodney Hood. Like that, that's basically what you got for. And One of the best earlier. players in the league. And the, exactly. And, I mean, and the, net, and, and, the, and the Nets pick for this year's draft, which will be... Oh, yeah, which, which is a six. very good pick. It's which, a very good yeah, pick. Yeah, but it's not going to be the pick they thought it was. They thought this was going to be the number one or two pick. This is going to be eight to ten. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. I don't know, but I don't... I don't there's know more, teams that that, more teams are going to start tanking. Look at the look at the rankings, okay? Yeah, they're, the they're Knicks, fifth right now. They're the, or they're sixth or sixth, sixth or seventh worth right now. But yeah. the Knicks are going to tank like it's sure. going out of fashion, okay? The Hornets may start tanking badly. The Bulls, you know, are going to take yeah, the no shit question. out of things. And um, there's a there's a litany of teams who already are, like the Suns, the Mavericks, the Kings, exactly. The Hawks, and and all those teams Magic. have an incentive. They you do. know, you, you look at the other side, Memphis. They're going to keep tanking. Phoenix will keep tanking. Dallas will keep tanking. Sacramento and the Lakers may tank more as well. So all those teams have an incentive to tank. Well, except for the Lakers, because they'll lose their pick regardless. Yeah, yeah. Also, Boston's but, getting it, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. So all those other teams are going to go and tank the shit out of it. The, the Nets have no reason to tank. Like, they, they yeah. don't have a pick. So they have an incentive to try and win games, the same as um, as the Lakers. Um, you might see that Utah decide to just throw in the towel and start tumbling down. And, of course, they won't end up with a worse record than the Nets, but they could still jump them in the in the lottery so i i like i don't know i just it makes the the Kyrie deal just look terrible but the two trades they've made as individual trades they do improve the team now and in terms of the health of the franchise moving forward they yeah. probably end up better off now the, the question will be as you mentioned what happens with rodney hood he's a free agent after this season he's not worth anything close to the max but you might get someone that will throw him a whole bunch of money. That's what, uh, that's what my, that's my thing. And George Hill's 31. And as you said, Clarkson and Nance are 25 year old guys and they're not guys. I'm sorry. They're decent players. They're not guys you build a franchise around. No, they're not guys. You're fucked. They're not going to win the title this year. No, and um, they won't, I, even if LeBron stays, they're not winning shit next year. No, they're not winning a title again. I, I'll, I'll say this. Now. I, LeBron James is not winning another title. Unless, unless he goes, unless he goes San Antonio, the only landing spot for him where he can win a title is San Antonio. What about Houston? That, no, because I don't know how that. How do they work the money? Like if they have him, Harden, and Chris Paul. First of all, James Harden is going to push back against the signing of of LeBron because LeBron is going to take the ball out of James Harden's hands. Well, hit between him, him and Chris Paul. Yeah. Of, so uh... who, who, there's only one basketball. And those three guys, it won't go around. And those three guys, so you're talking those three, and everybody else in the roster is going to be on minimum contracts. You're not winning the title, I'm sorry. Not with that. Not against Golden State. That Golden State team has too much. Yeah, and, those, and those four guys want to stay together, so they'll take less money to stay together in Golden State. Well, Steph's, Steph's coming up on a big payday. He is, and so, and Clay he, is going to get paid, it. and then and yeah, I don't Draymond know if Clay will get be there. I, I'm still skeptical that he's not going to be there, but I, you know, I hope he's in a Sixers uniform. I've said this every fucking pod, but I'm not 100 percent sure he, he's there anyway. But the only way right, for me, LeBron wins the title is by going to San Antonio, and I don't see that he will. All right, um, let's end this by talking about your T Wolves, because I got to tell you, if the season ended now, that's the first playoff series I'm watching versus Oklahoma City. But that's your squad, Dave. So, go right ahead. 
how, how do you, how, how was the season? I know the 35 and 24, um, they're a very good team. Uh, but I'll let you, you know, you watch them night in and night out. I, I do not, but I do love Carl Anthony Towns. We should be, we should be like a lot better. We should be 40 and 19 or thereabouts. We've thrown away, um, a number of games, most recently in Chicago where we were wiping the floor with them. And we just have these third quarter collapses and nobody seems to be able to explain it. Um, we have two legitimate superstars or star level players in Towns and Butler. We have an incredibly talented player in Andrew Wiggins who is still trying to figure out his role and how to play it in the NBA. Um, he's gone from being the primary wing to the secondary wing with Butler and it's an adjustment for him. Scoring's obviously down substantially. So he could be a trade piece. It might just be that that's what the, the case would be, that he'll be a trade piece in the summer. Um, we've used, used our cap space poorly though. Um, I like Taj Gibson. I think he's been good this year, but Gorgie Jang, since he signed that big contract, has been terrible. Um, and Jeff Teague, up there with the worst free agent signings of last summer. Um, we, we said called it, that. I'm, we called, we it. called it straight away. I, I was, you remember, I was furious. Yeah, I was yeah, absolutely furious. Um, I think that, look, it's, it's literally, it's Towns and Butler are carrying us. And Towns, the weird thing is Towns is not getting his, a big enough role in the offense for me. I mean, he's, he's had games where he's had less than 10 shots. How is the franchise center not having yeah, that's ridiculous. shots every night easy? Like he should have 10 shots by the half. Yeah, he can um, get his whenever he wants it. That's why yeah, it makes it like, even stranger. He's, he's a double double every night. Um, his defense is is slowly but surely improving. Um, still has mistakes in him, obviously, but it is better than it was last year. The team defense is slowly but surely improving, but not close to what I expected to be with Thibodeau. Um, the offense is is effective, but it's ugly. It's really really ugly. Um. I, I miss Ricky Rubio. I really miss Ricky Rubio. I'm I not miss, gonna say a word. <laughs> I miss, but I miss just having that point guard. Well, he's better than the one you have now. He's no much better than the one we have now. He's much better than the one we have now. Like, and and he would be a good fit with this team. Well, um, because he plays makes, the role of he could he could really pass the ball. He knows. How yeah, to, and like, and that's one thing. Teague's defense, a shoot first. The leader guy. and an organizer, and Teague's a fool, and he's just not very good at being that. Um, I just don't like Jeff Teague at all. Like. Tyus Jones is our best point guard. Yeah, I think the same thing, and it's a, it's a sin that he doesn't get all the, a lot of minutes. He was, I love him coming out of Duke. Is that Hibbs goes and signs Rose, and all of a sudden Tyus Jones playing three minutes a night. I know it's, it's if he does that, that that's would, an absolute disgrace. I think if he does would, it, it's fireable. That blow yeah. up the it blow up the chemistry too, because Tyus Jones seemingly is a guy that they all really really like in that. They do. I, the, the, the one thing I'm hoping is that Jimmy Butler hates Derrick Rose. I'm really <laughs> hoping that he does. Because if he does, it should be enough to put us off signing Rose because we need to re-sign Jimmy Butler when his contract comes up. Yeah. Like we need to. We we gave up um, Zach Levine, who's now back. and Chris, is Chris Dunn also. Chris Dunn, who is looking like a real player now. And uh, Laurie Mar- Markinen. Now, could a team of Dunn, Levine, Wiggins, Markinen and Towns develop into a title caliber team I, I don't know it might fall a little bit short but it would certainly be an every year playoff team 
And yeah. for Minnesota, that would be just that. That would be incredible, given the shit we've had. Like you have, like you guys have at least seen a lot of good teams in your mm-hmm. time. Like you had AI, and before that, you had Doctor J and all those Barkley yeah. and all those guys. And Justin, obviously, Knicks the Nick, yeah. the, the Knicks had had Ewing, and before that, there was great teams. You know, back in in the seventies, the Knicks have had great. We've had one really great team with Kevin Garnett and it lasted mm-hmm. about three and a half minutes. And other than that, we have been subjected to just like amazing garbage for the entirety of the franchise. Like the early years, even the love years were not, we never, we didn't make the playoffs. Um, Rubio was always hurt. And then we were just traded love away. We were awful. Now, now we're getting on the right track. But we, we traded away three really, really good young players um, for Jimmy Butler, and we can't just have him for two years. He, we have to make sure he stays. So Derek Rose, I, I, he just can't sign him. Just no, just go away, retire, go to China, do whatever you want. Just don't come near Minnesota, please. Yeah, and I it's agree. it's horrible because I loved Derek Rose in Chicago pre-injury. I thought I thought this guy was going to be one of the premier players in the league for for ten to twelve years. Oh, everybody and, did. And now we're looking at probably the only MVP in league history that won't make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah he has no shot. Oh, Just what? I mean, if we're, if we're gonna, on, on the subject of Derrick Rose for a second, the issue there is that the year he won the MVP, he's, uh, you know, it was largely relying on supernatural athleticism. Yeah. That, that, that's, he was never a great basketball player. So he was just an, an exceptional athlete playing basketball. And that ACL injury ended him because he's never been a great shooter. He's never had really particularly good instincts. He's yeah. been an, he's always, even in that MVP year, not a good defender. No. An average passer. Yeah. Not a particularly good ball handler. Um, but like you say, had incredible athleticism, um, speed, the bounce. Like if you look at, say, John Wall, if you took away John Wall's primary athletic ability, which is his speed, He'd still be a good basketball player. If you took away that just incredible force of nature that drives Russell Westbrook forward, he'd still be an okay, he'd still be in the NBA. But if you took away, say if you put Derek Rose's basketball skills in a white guy with no athleticism, say you put them in Kyle Korver or JJ Reddick, they wouldn't be in the NBA. No. They just wouldn't. It was that athleticism that not only Got him to the NBA, made him the number one pick, made him the MVP. That's that's how rare an athlete he is. Like this, yeah. he may have been the greatest athlete in NBA history for for those two years, and then his knee went, and then that went with it. And whether it went completely or whether it half went, and his his confidence and Was mindset shot. went yeah, because he looks to me like a guy that plays with a lot of fear. Yeah, he looks like a guy who's, who should retire, and he probably yeah. knows it. Yeah, but, and it's a shame. It really is because he 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 could have been a great a great oh, player. No question. Um, I remember well, the series. It was a Sixers series where he did yeah. his ACL. I remember yeah. watching it. But all right, gentlemen, we gotta we gotta stop there. Um, we could talk hoops all night, but it's pod's getting long. So, Justin, you got anything to plug before we go? No, no, I don't. Um. I'm 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 good for this week. All right. Enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. This this is my favorite pod to do. It always will be because it's my favorite sport. But 
Dave, you got anything to plug? Um, well, of of late, I've done MMA Monthly, which is really MMA Annual because I I've only been able to do it like twice in the last year. <laughs> um, I did the Pro Wrestling Index Pod that was out last week, I think. Um, obviously, uh, AI Pro. Um, I do the post match show with Trev and Harry. Um, I did a podcast with myself and Kevin DeVries for my own podcast. Uh, that came out last week. That was a look at all 20 teams transfer windows. Um, I'm hoping to do a little bit more of that. Um, and then I'm hoping to do more of this, but the time difference is just a bit of a bitch. So you will yeah, have to excuse me. Yeah, guys, it's, it's like almost two in the morning for Dave now, which is it's three, two twenty five. Yeah, I don't know how you get through it by sleep, but three man NBA pods are fucking cool because it's, I like playing hosts because I can talk as well. But, um, for me, not a whole lot, just this pod. Um, everything Dave said and Justin, when he does baseball, I always listen to baseball pods. Yes. But I'm a big Justin baseball Justin Armando's fan. baseball pod, pod is one of the best things going. Yeah. Well, I have good opinions too. It's not just like dumb, dumb shit like that you, exactly. you know, there's well, a lot of baseball pads that are bad. Well, uh, we'll, we'll be doing them again soon. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's been an extremely painfully slow off season, and I think actually it's creating. Some, it has. It's creating. That? It's creating. It's creating labor strife in baseball. Actually, uh, the union is very pissed at teams because yeah. they think it's well, all you... about colluding to keep prices down. I mean, Jake Arrieta, a Cy Young Award winner from two seasons ago, who's still it's crazy, very yeah. very good, hasn't signed, and most teams have reported. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And you, Darvish, just signed with the Cubs recently, so yeah, you know, that's a bit weird, but. All right, well, we'll end off on that. Um, I'm not going to trust the process tonight, but I will say Ben Simmons should be an all-star, and it's fucking bullshit and whatever. But I'll end on that. Um, everybody have a good night, and then if you got any feedback, please let us know because we love having your feedback. <laughs>